0: Welcome to AvowedCast, the fan community podcast for Obsidian Entertainment's future RPG game titled Avowed. This is a podcast for fans by fans we are not affiliated with Obsidian in any way, but would gladly allow them to live rent free in our minds. My name is Sora and I'm joined by many other fans around the world as we discuss the world of Aora and Avowed and other things. This episode includes our first ever top 10 list where we reveal the top 10 reasons we love Obsidian Entertainment.
1: You've much to answer for, Inquisitor, and I intend to see you suffer for it.
0: Uh, welcome to the Vowcast. Uh We got a big group today. We're uh, talking today about the reasons we love Obsidian, and we're going to kind of come up with a list of the top 10. I know there's There's five hundred or so, but we're gonna come up with a top ten list for you because everybody loves top ten list. And um we'll see if that can get us some listen more listeners, right? You know, we'll just put that in. Top ten reasons we love obsidian. Skyrim, because whenever Skyrim is in the title of one of our uh, recordings, it just is like enormous, the number of listeners we get. So there you go. Um, So I think the reason I chose this this time is because uh, obviously, number one, we we have no information on Avowed still, but because I feel like listening back to some of the episodes I've done before, especially me, I tend to be... um, devil's advocate is that the right word um sometimes and and i don't really um i think they need some love so i want to give them some love today um but before we jump into that and start talking about that and we also have some community feedback from reddit of of what people have offered as their reasons but um let's just go around the horn here and let's uh gingerino what have you been up to i know what you've been up to but share what you want i've been uh playing horizon
2: forbidden west lately but uh the other thing i've been doing is uh taking care of my first baby with my wife yay oh my god yeah
3: (laughs) i had no idea
0: (laughs) yeah well wow eh? this is such a weird interaction all of a sudden uh so controller in one hand and baby in the other
2: um. Yeah. You. Well. I've. I've mastered this weird art where I, I. like cradle him between my arms and I have my arms arced outwards and I hold the controller so that way I can see him and uh, the controller if I need to. Um. But yeah, I'm. Perfect. I'm currently asleep. I'm not going to remember any of this interaction. So uh, it's, it's okay. going to be interesting to hear a podcast with my with me in it that I
0: don't remember. Well, you have more reason to go back and listen. Um. So you you is the so can i ask cuz I, I obviously I, ha, I my child is now 18 um but been through what you've been through and uh would you say that there's a, a lot of is it like every 2 hours you have to get up or is it just constant at night and then sleeps all day kind of deal um where he's like um almost 8 weeks at this point so he's during the
2: day it's like every 2 hours he starts a feeding uh, which is more taxing on my wife than it is me for sure uh, so, but it's definitely very taxing um at nighttime though lately he's been sleeping pretty long. It used to be like four hours at a time, but last night he did an eight hours like just oh my God, right wow, champion.
0: That's amazing. the Lord. Yeah, I know. I gave him a medal and everything and he did but, not appreciate it. But then you it. kind of lay there, it. you lay there and you're thinking, you're just kind of almost waiting for the cry or whatever. You're like, uh, this has been two hours. Should I go to sleep? Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I just look at each other and we're like, maybe
2: he's not there anymore. I don't know, I ain't checking, you check.
0: So are you <laughs> playing so are you playing on a, the horizon, are you playing on um a console or PC? I'm playing. Okay, so this is I'm playing it in two places.
2: I'm playing it on my PlayStation Five, um, which it's a very pretty game, y'all. It's I'm a, heard. it's so yeah. pretty. I don't use photo mode in games, and in this one, I'm like, I gotta stop and take a picture here. This is a Kodak moment. Um, <laughs> the other place I've been playing it, and this is just because I have the baby, is I have been streaming it from my console through the internet onto my phone, so that way I can. Give my wife the TV, and if I have to go take care of the baby, I can still play it because I just pick it up and put it down. Wow! But How well does yeah, that so, work? Is there like oh, is there like a lot of input lag or? Um, not if you're running it through Wi-Fi. Um, there's really? you have to cool. download a specific app and you have to give it some special permissions by going into something on your settings on the console. But, uh, long story short, yeah, as long as it's going through your Wi-Fi there's almost no lag like i i'm able to Sweet. fight the biggest baddest robots on my phone with my little kishi razor handheld and and you know keep up with the game so it's that's, definitely not that's so I crazy deal. that's awesome i mean i had to because i was at places where i'm like oh i got to keep the baby in my lap and i'm in the bedroom i can't play the game so i'm gonna have to go on my phone man don't you love living in the future Dude, it's so cool. Oh, my God. Game Pass has been a savior for me. Like, I've been playing a lot of Weird West as well. Not enough to talk about it, but because uh, I can just pick
0: it up wherever I I've am. I've thought because. about jumping into that one, too. But just because it's on Game Pass, I'd probably never buy it. But, you
2: know. Yeah, I don't, I'm I'm not far enough in to say whether it's worth the price of admission. But so far, it's a cool concept. I'm looking forward to progressing in the storyline because you go through five different perspectives of character. One of, wh- one of which is a pig man. Oh so gosh. amazing yeah it's uh it's cool it's definitely got the dna of the developers who are from arcane i think the people at wolf are they used to be developers at arcane the people who made dishonored oh. and you can tell you can tell their fingerprints are all over it so
0: oh i'm a huge dishonored um, fan that makes me now now i'm thinking i need to jump into it okay
2: yeah, I'll say it. it's not a bad game. I, I don't have enough experience to say anything yet, but right now I'm like, this is fun. I can't wait to get into this more. Um, it plays decently well on a device. Like if you're playing it over the cloud on your phone, but I would definitely recommend playing it on a on like a screen of some sort. It can get a little granular at certain places where you're like, what does that say?
0: Oh my I god, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I would think text especially would be difficult. Yeah. Or user interface, even, on a, on a smaller device. So, uh, Jed, Not as
2: bad as you'd think, but yeah.
0: Jed, what are you up to? I, well, I kind of know some stuff going on in your life, but I'll let you share what you want to yeah. share. What, what's going on?
3: Well, uh, I've been conspicuously absent for a long time because I've been applying to a master's program uh, for creative writing overseas at Edinburgh Napier University in Scotland, and I got in. And Congratulations thank you very much so yeah boy, i'm, yeah, I'm going back over. to scotland baby
0: oh my gosh i'm so oh. jealous I th- i'm so happy for you but i'm so jealous oh man
3: i i am like too excited for words but also holy shit there's just so much to do <laughs> before i go over and oh, i'm definitely. freaking out a little bit but only a little bit When, uh, does it's that, it's like when is that when is
0: the when's the launch when do you actually jump jump seas so term starts on September fourth. I'm actually I'm actually
3: boarding a, a cruise ship on August twenty eighth for what they call a repositioning cruise, which is basically when a, a cruise ship has to change ports between seasons. Um, me and my wife are gonna jump on a ship at New York City, and a week later we'll arrive at Edinburgh, or well, we'll arrive at Southampton and then take a train to Edinburgh. But we'll be all you know, nice and rested up, and you know, there's like a spa on board and stuff. It's gonna be really cool. And actually, it's not that expensive. It's sound, I'm making it sound really bougie, but like it's like a thousand bucks ahead to take the to take the ship, whereas a flight is at least that much. Exactly, and, you know, sucks shit because no. <laughs> you know they're gonna have a ship wide simulated murder mystery while you're there. That would be great uh maybe not simulated who's to say
2: uh, that's why the, that's why the prices are so cheap <laughs> like, we oh, will kill oh, one shit, of you they got me
3: <laughs> one of you the are Most going dangerous to die. game it's the most dangerous game it's the most <laughs> dangerous boat wow. uh but but yeah uh video game wise uh i've been playing elden ring i actually beat it um like a couple weeks ago uh and since then i've been uh, jumping back into Pathfinder: Wrath of the Righteous with a bunch of mods, which that game is still awesome. I didn't realize how how many sort of like permutations that game had in terms of storytelling. It's really it's really quite deep. Like there's a lot of stuff that you can miss by you know taking different mythic paths and and uh, you know making different decisions in the early game. Like I I just went fucking back in time. <laughs> and like redeemed one of the uh, big bad villains of the game just, you know, because I took a certain mythic path and it's really cool. Um, and then I also uh, well, wrath of the right just get, just got patched and whenever they patch the game it kind of breaks. so uh, I've been playing cyberpunk until uh, until that game becomes playable again
0: well and they just released a patch for that one recently yes. I mean in the last month a huge one so
3: it's really good it's even better than it was before and I still stand by the fact that it was good before this patch uh, but yeah the the like apartment customization and stuff it's pretty neat uh, there's there's just a lot more content to the game now and it, even in that game I'm finding a lot of sort of like storytelling permutations that I didn't know were there. Um, just like chasing down leads I never chased down in the, in my first playthrough and going, Oh my God, wow, this is like way, this goes way deeper than I thought it did.
0: I mean, you have to respect uh, them as a company because they're pushing in, they're pushing all in. And I respect that. I really do. Yeah. Like, after, especially after what they've been through, uh, they're, they're just, they're doing the No Man's Sky route. They're like, you know, hate us if you want to, but eventually you're going to love us.
3: Uh, you know, I respect that too. It, it's, it takes balls and, uh, I have seen their balls, and they are good. <laughs> they
0: are good balls. <laughs> big. Very nice. Big, good, good big balls. You, you heard it here. Uh, so, Kiwi, what have you been doing? <laughs> you been playing uh, anything?
1: Yeah, I actually have been playing now. Uh, I've been playing World of Warcraft. There's a new private server for graphics of King expansion, and I've been duking it out there. Really?
3: Oh, man. that's my. That was, like, my favorite expansion
0: is this yeah. a, is this an official one, or is this like a side? This is an official private server, or no? Like, uh, uh, no, no, no. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Prime server, illegal server. No, it's okay. I've been on them too, <laughs> so I think it's really cool. I mean, I, that I have to agree with Jed Mandu there. That's pretty exciting. And your thoughts so far?
1: Really nice. Like, uh, it's not my first round in this. Or in the in this expansion, or in the private servers, and I'm actually enjoying my experience now. Like this, Warmain is the you know the uh, who ma- makes this server. Uh, they have learned a lot during the years, and they have done pretty good design decisions. You know, with some minor tweaks, to the game to make it uh, better. That's so cool. the question. So it's not just it's well, not
3: just a
4: copy paste. I was going to ask. I know Wrath of the Lich King introduced Dungeon Finder which uh to a lot of people including myself changed a lot of what the game is. Does the does that private server have Dungeon Finder? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. I know that they just announced the Wrath of the Lich King private or not private server, Wrath of the Lich King classic server and they are not doing Dungeon Finder inside the official oh, really? World of Warcraft. I have to yeah. say
0: I'm happy about that cuz I hate Dungeon Finder.
3: Yeah, so, I, it was my least favorite part of that of that expansion too. But like, I, but I like I get why it's there. I just you know
0: rage against that's, it. That's
3: it's also my favorite expansion as well. So yeah. they,
4: it's just that one thing yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. like about it.
0: Yeah, it really tainted it, and now it's 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 worse now. Like, uh, and, and other people have followed in their footsteps. Like, I play Elder Scrolls Online, and and it's oh, ridiculous. Yeah. People just they just it it's there's no there's no I don't know if discipline is the right word, but it, they're just in, um no pop, soul. Yeah, it's just popping in. There's no ownership, popping in and popping out, and just like it, it feels like there's no commitment. You know, <laughs> it's like no MMO soul. hookup culture. Yeah.
1: These server, these servers like Warmain. Well, most of their servers are mostly uh, about the end game. So you'll have uh, increased experience rates, and uh, this leveling experience is usually much smoother. And the end game is made a little bit more difficult than the normal version was.
0: Oh, interesting. So they they tweaked it. it. Yeah, and also they
1: have they have made their own i, I think i haven't seen haven't seen them yet but they say they made mythic dungeons which is like uh, one step above heroic dungeons
0: interesting now is what's the population count do you know uh, on the private it's side? a lot it's a lot oh okay like like this is
1: uh as populated as any server in classic which is really populated
0: wow okay wow. Good to know. I mean, I'm, I'm. I need. To, I've been thinking about jumping back into that that hole, but I don't know. I don't know if I can or not. But uh, that's a good one. Uh, Parenthesis would have. I, I kind of have a feeling.
5: I'm going to predict
0: that you're playing Factorio.
5: Yes, but the new game I want to talk about is uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trilogy. Oh, okay. Well, tell us about it. Yeah, um, it was on sale, and I always want to get into it, but it's. Uh, Uh, The game is a visual novel, an adventure game hybrid that is about being a defense attorney in a very silly legal system with very silly characters. I mean, from the second gate onwards, they just look stranger and stranger. I think the best way to describe them is they make uh, defense attorneys and prosecutors look like fighting game characters. And that's not wrong. (laughs) But, But they manage this trick where Every single cross examination and rebuttal and everything you do in the courtroom, very very tense and very very thrilling. It's a, it is almost as if it's a very slow and methodical uh, fight to the death, which of course, from the from the uh, accused person's perspective, it is. But you're the attorney, and and it it makes it is still clear to me why this franchise has lasted twenty years because it is very very entertaining to play. And it's also interesting because it is not a mechanically rich game it it's a visual novel adventure game hybrid, but it manages a, a trick where to me it feels like it sometimes takes you know sometimes mechanics tell stories well, in this case, I feel like they've taken making a story uh, tell a mechanical or, or feel like a mechanic there's there's a there's a case where you have to balance. You are. You don't want a conviction too early. You need to do something. And and it and even though it is just a state machine behind the behind the surface and and everything, there's one true path through the game. It makes you feel like you're balancing, like like you are mashing buttons and you are keeping some uh, um, some kind of uh, you know uh, you're managing to strike a balance between ending and just rolling over, or winning or rolling over, and and that is. Very interesting, That's and cool. also, and also yeah. the games are are very uh, the games are put uh, segmented into cases, and all of these cases are very long. And just when you think, "Oh, oh, now I've got them," then the prosecutor p- puts a uh, a hop in, the, uh, <laughs> derails you, and you just have to go back to square one. So you, there are twists and there are turns are plenty it i think it would be a good purchase at full price i got it at half price full disclosure but it it's it's a great uh, trilogy to play on the pc or anything else sorry no
3: it's that sounds cool that i it, it that that's always kind of been the thing that that's like gotten me to sort of not really check out visual novels is that feeling of like everything's like preordained you know like there's one true path but mm. it's you know the the real standouts of the genre make you like you said they make you feel like the world is much 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 bigger than and much more interactive than it than it might seem on you know on first glance and that's that's really laudable i remember Hmm. i actually played
4: uh the first game uh way back in i believe the the ds and it is excellent i just the 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 feeling you get when you say when he says objection is just so good it's just they did a really good job
3: seriously it's iconic for a reason
0: yeah, yeah i mean i had it on the ds back in the day so uh i mean i I don't know how much it's changed with the release of the trilogy and such but uh i do remember playing it and loving it back then that's a good suggestion for sure um Remran, what have you been what have you been up to
4: man so much i played uh i played it takes two with my wife uh we beat it just i think a week or two ago um and it was it was good it was awesome actually and speaking of um of children for some reason my my son was obsessed with it like when he's only like he's only two so uh, he barely speaks and he uh every time we put it on he would literally like put down what he was playing with and sit down and just stare at us play for, oh, for a couple a hours. It's crazy. beautiful image. Oh, I love that. Yeah, he, that game is also pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, I've heard it's t- the the mechanics are tight. The interplay between the characters is great. I personally wanted to do it. You know, I actually tried to convince my daughter, but she's eighteen, so. That doesn't work, and you'll fig- yeah, you'll figure that thing. out when she when you get your own teenagers. But, um, it's I mean it's one game of the year, right? So it's
4: yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call it game of the year because just because it's not my type of game. Like, I there's two little systems, if that makes sense. I think you guys understand what I'm yeah, trying to say. Totally, when I say totally. that. Like, I need uh, a, a really epic story. I need a lot of interconnecting systems and a lot of like complex uh interaction between it but the i just think like just when i thought okay i got this this game like i understand uh, exactly what this game is it would show or do something that's like really cool or really funny really uh cool way of interacting with another person really good game
2: yeah man it's 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 a well-done game it surprises you at sometimes i definitely saw sides of my wife while playing that game that I wish I hadn't seen, but it's too late now.
0: <laughs> I can only imagine, right. <laughs> but that's a good thing, though, for them to see. I mean, even at that young age, I think the importance of the playing together, the the team aspect of it, I mean, they're learning so much just by observing. And I, one of the best pieces of advice I got when I had my child was somebody told me just... Narrate the world for them. Everywhere you go, everything you do, you know, just just narrate the world, and and they'll 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 absorb, you know. And it's just like you're just you just you're just don't even understand how much of a sponge they are and how much they. So just by watching you guys play that, I I can imagine, you know, just the there's a lot of value there. I think so. That's that's really cool. Very cool.
4: I tell you something that I. Uh, hope that he didn't absorb was me playing Elden Ring. Because oh, crap. I, I also played in Deep Elden Ring, um, and he wasn't as interested in that. But uh, excellent game, amazing! I my favorite from game so
0: far. Really? Okay, that's a big yeah. uh, big sell because they've got some big it's the, ones.
4: It's the vistas. It's like I mean, it sounds not cliche, but like people say this all the time. But it's an open world, Dark Souls. But if you really think about what that means it really is an open world dark souls like going from one of the giant legacy dungeons to the other like going to the new areas and seeing in the distance the giant like academy that's the second legacy dungeon is just it's breathtaking and the, the the uh royal capital dungeon that you get to later in the game is one of the most beautiful dark souls dungeons i think ever made wow
3: i love that place because it really does feel like a city city it feels like people have lived here and it's
4: vertical yeah it's not just it's not just flat it's vertical there's uh there's even a whole underground
3: sewer level yes i had so many moments in that level where i was like oh my god this feels like assassin's creed but with combat i actually like
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, the chatter alone on this game has convinced me to buy it. I was like, nah. I oh, you like, got to. Yeah. I don't that, like those games, but I think I'm going to get this one. I this just ch- hearing about it. Oh.
0: Well, and if you watch it's Twitch, fun. I mean, it's it's like I've spent probably 3 4 hours combined, you know, over over several times of jumping on and watching people play it. So it's it's absolutely stunning and gorgeous. And it's funny because the email that I'm gonna talk about later that someone sent me actually relates to Elden Ring and um and I won't go any further, but it's it's like I'm really intelligently thought out, I think, uh what they had to say uh and, and it relates to our podcast as well. And you'll you'll see that later. But um me, I've been playing uh nothing as wonderful as you guys. I've it's chaos for me. My daughter's a senior in high school. So, and everybody's busy. I don't want to say I'm busier than anybody else, but it's, it's just a, it's that time, you know? And so, uh, when I do get time to play, I've been doing, um, Elder Scrolls online because it's just easy to jump in and out of. And I also yeah. play, um, Forza horizon five. I've been, ju- cause that's easy. You just jump in and drive your vehicle around for a little bit. I, 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 purchased and downloaded Factorio and I'm actually very excited about jumping into that, but I want to wait. I think I'm going to wait till after graduation for her um, so that I can really like, you know, what do they call that? Empty nest. That'll be my empty nest game. So I will, I will jump in and just nice. absorb it. Cause I'm actually kind of excited after I watched uh, the stuff that parenthesis shared last time. So I think that's one I'm, I'm interested in. And, and I might get into, I don't know, man, I'm not even going to go into my from software rant, but I might get into it just because it's so gorgeous. And just because, um, but i think it's interesting that game how they have uh for people like me they've they've really shot us the middle finger because when And this is not a bad thing, necessarily. It's just their choice. Talk about a company leading into who they are, which is what we're talking about today. But they, uh, you know, they nerf stuff, you know, that the people have found too powerful. So they go in and they patch it and they're like, oh, you think that's easy? Not anymore. So that just makes me worried even more like, (laughs) oh, my God, they're just making it harder.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, it's they're they're making it a little bit more a little bit less exploitable i'd say okay it, like it's it's harder yeah but it's harder in a way that i think that feels fair like there were definitely some options that were way overtuned the funny thing fun was that
4: i i i had used uh, i think it was like this blood slash and the mimic yes. uh, tier or, or the mimic um, uh, summon, yeah. Which like naturally, I, I I found both of those and I was like, oh, these are awesome, and I used it the entire game. And then I found after I beat the game, they patched it, oh. and I, I looked at the patch <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, look at that. Like what I found was actually, or I guess quote unquote optimal, and people were actually like saying it was too powerful.
3: Mimic tier is
0: still really good though.
3: Yeah, they, they haven't nerfed it into the ground. It's still really good. It's just not. Overpowered anymore.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'll see. Maybe when the price comes down, and maybe if they patch in a uh, baby ass baby mode that I can play. So <laughs> then so, I but will. But there, there
4: is one thing about about that that's just so much better in Elden Ring, where you could do a if if you're stuck on a major boss, you can just go out and do the 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 much easier smaller dungeons that you find across yes. the world and level up a lot. Like you can way over level and then go back and just t- destroy the boss. Makes
3: a huge difference.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I, I, I'll give it a try. I'm sure I'll give it a try. So I was just thinking uh, today we were going to talk about the top 10 reasons or top reasons we love Obsidian. And um, Obsidian, obviously, we've we've done a podcast on their history and how long they've been around and Uh, Some of the projects they've done in the past. And uh, I'm going to start out. I'm going to jump out. And then what I'll do is I'll just kind of go down the list of you guys and everybody has to say something. But you can't repeat something someone else has said. So, yeah, it makes it difficult, doesn't it? Um, Spicy. uh, So I get to go first because I'm hosting. So there. Uh, But I bet you you weren't (laughs) going to say this one anyway. Um, So I will say my reason, one of my top reasons that I love Obsidian Entertainment is uh, because of their history and their... just their stability over time um and their persistent leadership um fergus being the co-founder uh what was in 2000 early 2000s um and just has stuck with them and i feel like they keep talent that um i don't know that agreeable is the word but that they keep they they work hard to keep people it seems from the outside uh, again I don't know I mean obviously there are a few exceptions and I'm not even going to go into those on here everybody knows the one person I'm talking about but um, I feel like they are solid I feel like they've been around for a long time um, even back black Isle days you know they've they they have those roots and I really like that because nowadays I think we're seeing companies either getting gobbled up or dissolving and it just seems like such a um, such a, a an array of industry businesses independent all the way up to triple A studios who are just like either in constant chaos or just, you know, it feels like they're solid. I get that feeling from them that they're solid. At least that's what they project to me. So that's my, that's one of my uh, reasons I love the company. Um, and, and some of the things that their leadership has talked about in games that they played when they were younger. And so I identify with that as well. So I kind of I, I kind of like that about the studio. Um, so I get to pick somebody. So I'm going to pick on uh, raise your hand, raise your hand. Oh, OK. Uh, back in the room, back in the corner of the room uh, with the thing in your hand, uh, Gingerino, tell me a reason you love Obsidian. Oh, I love Obsidian because of its glass smooth, smooth
2: texture, uh, the rock that it is. Um, sorry, that was a dad oh, joke. Yeah. Anyways, and it also holds an edge really well. Right. They really, really do. I'm a dad now, so I get to make these jokes. It's cool. You're I not like it. To stop you. Um, my favorite thing about Obsidian um, is how personable they can be um, when I have sent emails to obsidian versus other gaming companies when i get replies back from obsidian people whether it's the support guys or whether it's um their i don't i don't know their community outreach person i always get a response back that makes me feel like they actually read what i had to say they actually cared what i had to say and they're actually interested in it whereas like if i've contact anyone in another game company i just get sort of like robotic responses like oh yeah this is the information okay cool on your way which isn't bad like you know I'm glad that I can reach out to, say, Bethesda, and they'll actually write back within a week and give me information that I need. But Obsidian, they sent me back, and they're like, hey, Eric, uh, that sounds cool. I'm glad you're doing this thing. Yeah, here you go. Here are some options for you. Also, have you considered doing this? Uh, Let us know how it goes type thing. That's fantastic. Yeah, well, when I started up my podcast, I wanted to know, can I use the music from the games? So I sent them an email, and the guy was like... Yeah, totally. We love it when fans do that. I'm glad um, you asked, but nice. then,
0: because I didn't ask.
2: <laughs> well, I, I was, I get a little worried and paranoid about. Uh, you know, Thank you stuff, for doing but,
0: that on my behalf, because I've been putting yeah, it in all the shows. So not a problem.
2: Well, I'm. They and turns out they love it when people do that. And he offered me the guy who responded. I can't remember his name. I want to say Matt, but I don't know if it was. He he responded with like ideas, and he asked me like, email me back. Let me know how the show is going and what we can do for you. And I, I love that. I was like, damn, they, they, they saw me as a human being. And that was so cool. I hope that they continue to be that way as they because I'm sure they're going to grow, especially having Microsoft acquisition and Avowed's got a lot of attention. So I don't see them not growing. But if anyone there is listening, please maintain that because that is something that a lot of people really appreciate is that they feel seen and heard and valued as a human being.
0: Yeah. And get you, if game. you remember back in the early days of our podcast, like two years ago or whenever, uh, God can't believe it's been that long, but, Um, triometry, you remember triometry? He's still around. I I talk to him every now and then. Um, he's going towards, uh, he's kind of doing a little bit of what Jed Mandu is doing, but he's looking at the, he's really diving into programming. So he's learning languages and how to program and things like that. And anyway, he he, last time I talked to him, he, you know, we were talking about how he sent emails to them as well. And got a very personal re- response from them, um, which is crazy because once word gets out that they're that, that nice, um, you know, they might get Just a start lot emailing of emails.
6: They <laughs> might get hey, a how's lot it
0: going? Of, um, yeah. I, I think that's a good one. I, I had, I had, and I like the the way you the personable side of it. I hadn't even really. It hasn't sunk in on me, but I like that a lot. Okay, uh, next uh, parenthesis. I'm picking on you. Got to give me one mm. that hasn't been mentioned.
5: So I feel that uh, as a company uh, of RPGs, I really appreciate that that they actually stuck around making RPGs, making that their uh, bread and butter. I feel that they've have, they've have proven and they could fairly easily. Uh, I guess there would have been an outflux of people, but they could have retooled the company to a support company. I mean, they have been going through some hard economic times, but the management doubled down on RPGs. They chose to ride through the bad times, and, and here we are. Now they, they, they sold themselves to Microsoft, and they've gotten a lot of money. Well, the founders got a lot of money, but the company's got a lot of support, both in terms of capital, but also in in technical support and support from presumably other Microsoft studios they can draw on it, at least sometimes. So, uh, so so, that is that that proves their conviction to the RPG genre. Uh,
0: yeah, I appreciate that. Oh, I do too. I, I love that one. And just when you were mentioning that, it made me think about uh, kind of what I was talking about before, all of these people who are out there who are wanting to do the similar things, it sets an example, right? It sets a good example, I think. And that, you know, if you play their games and you follow their company, um, that that conviction that that uh, RPGs is your bread and butter and sticking with it and not, not following all the other distractions that might pop up in the industry or other trends or things like that um, just to make money. That's very respectable, and I think it's probably pretty rare, wouldn't you say? I don't think there's a lot of companies that have done that over a period of how long? God, since early two thousands, so twenty years, right?
5: Yeah, yeah, uh, it is. It's it's a tough business. I mean, computer games is a tough business to be in, and RPGs doubly so. It's a it's a genre that fluctuates heavily, and it's it's never as profitable as shooters or, or other of the mainstays so it's it's one you really need to have great conviction and and belief in the genre and enjoyment from it from yourself or otherwise you're just going to burn out and choose an easier path, which isn't wrong but i just appreciate that obsidian didn't
0: yeah and that's yeah you, know, you meant just because what you said reminded me of news that just came out i don't know if you guys heard of one of the developers of portal 2 um, was was on a podcast and came out and was through some shade at Gabe Newell about just that and the fact that I know that... What did he say? Something like, I know that Counter-Strike makes you all your money, but can we make Portal 3? Um, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> nice. So it's kind of leans into what Parenthesis is saying and that, you know, it, maintain your conviction. You know, this is, this is your property. This is your IP. This is your, you know... Um, Yeah, you're going to make more money over here, Um, but with those 12, 13-year-olds, no offense, uh, emails, gingeringer at Um, gmail.com. But when they grow up and they grow out of adolescence and grow out of all of the Call of Duty crap, they're going to want to play intellectual games, right? So you kind of have to keep that going. Wow. I just insulted so many people <laughs>
3: <laughs>
6: and it but felt Colby's- really
0: good. It felt really good. Call has <laughs> <It> felt- <Colby's laughs>
3: got guys place. It's fun. Right. But,
2: you know, it's, yeah. It's actually an interesting test of your audience base. If you lose none of your audience base, then you know which people are listening. <laughs> Purity test.
0: Next victim I'm going to pick on is Kiwi. I want you to tell me something that you love about Obsidian that nobody has mentioned so far. I feel like I've been cheated because you mentioned something.
1: Oh,
0: oh sorry. <laughs> I, I screwed up. Okay, rewind. Okay, no. okay,
1: okay. I can I'll I'll just say a name then. Josh
0: saw you. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And and what is it about Josh that is unique you think in this industry?
1: I, he really tries, you know. He really tries to make good and sensible games. Like he he will go out of his way to make good game like good game design. Like you could see that from like Fallout or New Vegas or uh, Pillars of Eternity.
0: And I think he's 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 proven himself to be very intellectual, you know, and intellectually driven. And we've talked about in past podcasts where. When he was when he was helping with the design of the Aora, you know the 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 attention paid to other cultures in the world and how he pulled from different elements of history and different uh, you know smaller cultures that many haven't even heard of to help kind of design some of the things we see in that world just shows me discipline and intelligence. Just just my thought.
3: Yeah, I like I like it. I like, I like that. I, I like how it's not just, you know, oh, European fantasy? Well, we'll just, you know, these guys are, like, kind of German. These guys are, like, kind of Roman. These guys are, you know, French, whatever. It's like, oh, no, we're going to, like, take a whole pastiche and stitch it together and make it meaningfully different from, you know, other stuff that's been, you know, that, that's been out there. And, like, yeah, some stuff is recognizable. Some stuff is ripped from real world Cultures wholesale but a lot of it is retuned and remixed in very thoughtful and interesting ways
4: yeah i think what gets me about that is is like the 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 different races not being like just uh, a a closed in culture like you'll find the the dwarves that have that kind of spanish accent from from old valia or or places like that then like dwarves in 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 like the Deerwood uh, have that kind of Southern American accent kind of yeah. thing going you know, it's, it, it, it makes the world feel more alive and, and I think that's a lot to do with Josh
3: also I love that there are just fantasy, su- fantasy Southerners in general I feel seen <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well and he also loves uh, what are his favorite things? Bikes and uh, alcohol Alcohol, drinks. drinks. <laughs> yeah,
1: he likes to mix drinks, drinks and bu- put uh, photos of the, them on Twitter.
0: <laughs> okay, oh, time, yeah, all the time. Jed, you're next. Can't be something anybody's mentioned. Poor Rembrandt. You're gonna, gonna get stuck last, dude. Okay, Jed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use a word that I learned in school, and it's verisimilitude. Dang. I know. I don't know what the hell that means. Okay, well, it's basically, it means just sort of <sighs> truth, but in a funny sense. It it, it means... How do you sort spell of, it? <laughs> I'm going to Google it. <laughs>
2: V-E-R-I-S-I-M-I-L-I-T-U-D-E. Oh, crap. Chad Mandu is going to start a Word of the Day podcast. Oh, I love it. Keep going, dude. Tell me about it. it
3: okay. So verisimilitude is not necessarily uh, truth or realness as much as it is the appearance of being true or real. So um, and that was me literally just sort of reading the the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition, so don't get too impressed. But basically, basically what I mean by verisimilitude is commitment to the setting, commitment to the story being told. Mm. Pillars of Eternity is one of my favorite games of all time, partially because of how well and how deeply it commits to being a real world. You know, how, how, how much thought is put into, you know, oh, okay, these aren't just, you know, NPCs that you're talking to. These are people with lives. Here's where they live. Here's where they eat. Here's where they sleep. And, you know, here's what they do day to day um you know and and you're coming into their lives at a certain point they've got their own shit going on um but they're still here for you in the story to interact with but you know don't get it twisted it's kind of like how everyone in aora is sort of their own main character of their own story because that's kind of how a lot of people treat real life you know most of us kind of some subconsciously think of ourselves as sort of the main character of our lives because well we can't help it it's just part of human nature and I just really enjoy how deep and how intricate and how detailed all these world uh, well details I guess you can't say detailed details but it, you know what fuck it I'm going to masters school I'll there be- you go <laughs> own it <laughs> I own the language now, um, but I, I I just really enjoy the commitment to the bit. You know, the the commitment to kayfabe to to the the reality that exists within the game. I think nobody does that like Obsidian. CD Projekt Red maybe is second place um, for me because to, honestly, Cyberpunk just feels so similar to that in a lot of ways. It feels very, very deeply thought out and very, you know, methodically constructed like that. Um but yeah <laughs> that's that's a good that's one. My contribution to so, similitude.
2: It's so good. Like when you make the setting of a game feel just as alive and breathing as an NPC or a character in a story, like that that just this sells it so well.
1: Hmm, does it mean there's no Easter eggs?
3: <laughs> no, there's <laughs> definitely Easter eggs. Uh, Immersion ruined. Well, there can, it can be. I just stumbled across an Easter egg from The Office in Cyberpunk, like, literally just before
1: it. Uh, I mean, I'm Obsidian's gone. games, like Pillars. Do.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I can't really... Nothing really springs to mind in terms of, like, Easter eggs for me, except maybe, like, Pillars 2 referencing... Pillars won a whole lot in some really improbable ways. Um yeah, I can't think of any actually.
2: Now that you mention the gate, it.
4: they they reference the uh the the giant space hamster uh well if you're your giant oh, really? um, space pig, you get if you get the collector's edition, I oh, yeah, get the right. space I pig. I didn't oh, yeah. know that. Yeah. The giant that's miniature a, that's
3: space space pig. A Boo reference.
0: Oh. Oh my
3: god. But gosh. I'm okay with that though because Manson Boo are like two of my favorite NPCs of all time in any game.
0: Yeah. I mean, it shows humor and relevance and, but I think you can have both. I don't think one excludes the other. I mean, obviously there's a balance and you don't want to have too much of the call outs like that because then it pulls you out of the game and the experience in the environment. (coughs) Outer worlds. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh boy. Let's not talk about it. I'm staying positive. Um, (laughs) uh, yes. Um, yeah, so that that's interesting. Yeah, I I kind of uh I kind I kind of see where you're going with that. So, remaran What uh, uh
4: there's so much so much has been said already.
0: Yeah, we took it all the good stuff. So, but you know,
4: I'm I'm going to go with unforgettable characters. Okay, good. I think mm-hmm. there's there's so many uh to choose from, but like Think of like New Vegas, Benny from New Vegas, unforgettable. Yeah. Like I always remember oh, yes. that, that character, Parvati from Outer Worlds. I love Outer Worlds.
0: I anyway. love I uh, love that character. I,
3: yes, I don't, yeah. I don't. hate Outer Worlds, but uh, but yeah, I I would say Parvati is like the best part of that game. Yes, I, I agree. Then
4: then look at Pillars. I mean, Adair not just my favorite companion in Pillars of Eternity. He's my favorite companion ever in any RPG really? that I've ever played. Uh, I I can see just, that. <laughs> Like there's so much little things like they make him like so human like some of the 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 things he gets to say like the the his story and then just how good of a friend he is like he's the only companion that is is with you at the start of pillars two from pillars one unless he unless he dies in which case it, an empty chair next to next to you in in the boat in the beginning of of pillars two it's just it just speaks so much. Um, to that type of storytelling, but also characters like you—you you love to hate, like Durrance from Pillars One. Like, I hated I that guy, but he's so memorable because of that.
3: I don't know. God, so man, I, that's my—that's that my, but... my answer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, totally. He's—he's he's definitely unforgettable in a, a lot of ways.
1: <laughs> I yeah. feel like, uh in the CRPGs, the later you go into the story, when they introduce new companions. They feel like extra, and you sometimes just want to take them because of that.
3: Yeah, I kind of get that. Like with, uh, yeah, like Horavius. And grieving mother, I think as well as a little grieving
1: bit, mother. Um... Yeah.
2: Uh, the lore for grieving mother makes her hard to really get into because, like, no one else can see her. Right? right.
3: Well, no one else can see her like you do, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah. But, but I like, agree. She
3: is really cool once once you crack into that, you know that storyline. But it
2: it there is a barrier there. It definitely but, is. Like that's mm. one fifth or one sixth of your party that is just not really that accessible unless you break into it. I don't know.
4: Yeah, it's probably like one sixth of the dialogue of the entire game. Have you tried <laughs> to read her story? It's, it's oh my ridiculous. god! But oh, it, it, I, I it is good. I did her quest line, and is very good and also unforgettable. Like it's just an interesting story that I
3: didn't, I don't really see in all in in CRPGs often. Talking so, about balls when it comes to game design, it, does it, like writing that volume of lore for a character who a lot of people just kind of don't get or don't pursue or you know don't don't chase down that takes balls because like you know you you know when you're writing something like that when you're placing that npc in the world like you know some people might miss this person some people might like because you know that's some project
0: yeah it's a flex for sure you're cultivating an audience i think they've always done that i think you uh, and this is not to be insulting to anyone that's not included in that audience. But it's just that you're cultivating a type of player. Um, as, uh, And and you are kind of, in a way, um, giving a nod to that type of player. And that just by going to the extra mile on that and including all of that. And, um, you know, it, it's... I mean, yeah, you can play... You, you can play any game superficially, and you can just rage through it and be done. And you can do that with Pillars too. Um, you know, it's it's just like the people who play Skyrim and read all the books. You know, it's they're two different types of people. That content's there for them, but uh, you know, not everybody takes advantage of it. Uh, that's for yeah. Sure. We're not all Brian David Gilbert, right? <laughs> Um, I We got feedback from Reddit. I You guys probably saw my post on there if you saw, uh, saw it in the avowed forums. But I don't um, use Reddit. Uh, I'm going to call out some of the people. I appreciate them providing feedback. We'll see if any of their stuff mimics what we've said already. We have uh, Blame410, um, who says, I really enjoy the amount of player agency they give. Uh, you can play as any type of character, and every time you replay one of their games, you just can play it differently. They don't force you to go down a single your X class. So you must act Y, you must act y way. Um, and uh, he gives an example of like in Pillars being an evil paladin, um, trying to let you uh, give you the opportunity to mess with the character, be who you want to be kind of deal, which I, I I think that's a good, I like that, um, because there are a lot of games that you're X class, so you must act Y way. I mean, there are a, right. a lot of fantasy trope games that I, I would say the majority of them do that, right? Choice um, and consequence. Yeah.
4: Well, right. I mentioned I mentioned I mentioned this before, I'm sure, but I beat Pillars one, I think, three times before. It, the, in the fourth playthrough, I finally saw that this the the blood pool gives you stats if you're cruel. On um, this position, it will talk to you. I did not know that beat the game three times before that without having seen that.
3: It's really cool. Yeah, I, I love the sort of reactivity there, just to build off of that a little bit. Like, yeah, you can you can be whoever you want to be, and also who you decide to be matters. Like, there are, there are you know, there, it's not like you are a certain class, therefore you must play a certain way, but it is like you are a certain class, therefore you have the option to. Respond in certain ways to certain uh events that other people might not have access to, you know like or or uh, even'm oh, sorry oh no, it's cool, yeah, or even like 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 backgrounds and stuff is that what you're gonna say backgrounds oh, and yes races? I was gonna say like passive, like not even your cho- your initial choice
4: has like consequences, like being a bleak walker paladin, like there's a scene where where a bunch of um i guess like I don't know hooligans, hoodlums whatever they they try to attack you thieves. And uh, one of them is like, oh, that's a bleep, that's a bleak walker. And then like a couple of them walk away because, because Yo. you're a bleak walker.
3: Yes, oh, that's so cool. So cool. See, <laughs> that's verisimilitude, baby. That's the that's living world. That's committing <laughs> nice. to the bit.
0: Very nice. Uh, we had another one, Week to the Wolves, who gave a very long uh, response. I appreciate that, um, the time you put into the thought you put into that. And it's you should go read it. It's really good. I'm just going to pull out a couple of tidbits uh, from that post on Reddit. It's uh, one thing that they said that I relate to is the deep, compelling narratives that are mature in tone. And I kind of I really identify that. That's kind of what I was talking about a little bit before when I said they played a particular audience and then, and they don't apologize for it. Um, I, I f- again, uh, emails come John C send them away. Uh, but I feel like the, their games for the most part, there are f- some minor areas of exception, um, are mature in tone really like they can, they can go into those deep, dark, depressing things, but they're also, they're handled in a way that's mature and, um, uh, I guess the example I would give is like a good writer, you know, would know how to, um, relay that kind of information without going overboard, you know, or, uh, becoming too tropey. Um, another one he mentions is world building, which we've kind of gone into, um, says he loves how much that they're, they lo the, Oh, look at this. This is just what we just said. I love how much linguistic quirks and how all the things are linked Aha. together. Look at that. Hey, um, also says that player agency. Look at that. I tell you, we, we hit a lot of these already. So, um, you should have just read his post. When we haven't done. I know. What, what the heck, <laughs> dude? Uh, look at the next one the characters, they're not just companions, you know, they're or simple NPCs. So, yeah, he's, he's See, our, he, our audience gets it, you know, they understand. Yeah, uh, Runner Red 5555 five, five, uh, gave a real simple, but I think very true uh thought and that the density and emotion in their worlds makes the places feel alive um and the quests feel like they really are affecting the world they're in um and though we kind of hit on that a little bit with um you know uh uh, i guess when a couple of us said you know the conviction also the personable nature of the of the games um but i agree i think that the density and the motion. I like the way uh, Red Runner or Runner Red put that. I think that's very well said. Another one we have Adriator who said, honestly, in every Obsidian game, the thing I loved most and enjoyed is how captivating the story is. So we really didn't put that on our list completely, but I, I mean, that that kind of goes without saying, and that <laughs> the writing in their games are top notch, uh, and we hope we're we're sure that that's going to be the case for Vald. you know is that they put in a lot of time
1: yeah i have a comment on the player agency stuff or or be, being able to uh, role play what you want yeah you know they made it really hard to play pro vodica in a, a, both of the games
2: <laughs> I think mean, she was the antagonist <laughs> for the games. So. No, I, I, I agree want, to, with
1: that. I want, yeah, I want to see more CRPGs where you with the antagonist and call it. Oh, who
0: calls her an antagonist? I, that I'll yeah. fight you on that. Come on, at yeah. least you could play Steel Garrow Yeah, at least you
4: could play Steel Garro Paladin. The first one you couldn't.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Maybe really? a
1: vow will be all I pro Wotica. Well, yes, yes. yes. And, and then the, everyone else and, sucks. <laughs> and POE two. The ending was like, uh, well, you can't really do anything about it, even if you try.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah.
3: Hopeless. That yeah. part. Yeah. I think we've we've discussed that before. But yeah, yeah we that, have. That part yeah. Was a little. Would have liked a little more branching there, but still, still very good. Game.
0: Well, and then the end of pillars one too, and how? Anyway, we don't want to get into all that. But we, no, no.
3: We're, love, Sora. Love. Today is a day of love. Love. Yeah. Yes.
0: Anyway, um, uh, Noah Gosh, River. reno River wrote in on Reddit and said some things that we've already said. But one thing I want to point out um, was that it said was uh, meaningful factions. Was that Noah River said and pointed to Fallout New Vegas, Pillars of Eternity two, where you have to decide which faction deserves your support. And control of the region and evaluating the different faction beliefs and behaviors uh made me have to seriously consider what i believe is right and wrong that's an interesting way to put it yeah
3: like looking back on pillars 2 the factions were kind of one of my favorite parts of the game and it kind of flew under the radar for me at the time because i was just having fun playing the game but like it it, I love how all of them sort of have their own realistic reasons for doing what they're doing and for wanting to control the dead fire. Like, and and none of them are just bah, "I want to be evil." It's you know, it's it's deeper <laughs> than that.
1: I, I have a like. There's a there's a certain pattern that Obsidian uses on their games when it comes to factions. So you can see this in New Vegas and BOE One, BOE Two. That uh, it's the same model that there's competing factions usually, and you have to eventually side with one of them or two of them or none of them. And it's a pattern that I recognize, and when I do it, uh, yeah, I don't I don't like recognizing it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, when you see it coming, it kind of breaks it a little bit. I like a that bit. that they,
4: those factions aren't all. There's not an easy answer every time. Like even in Pillars Two, yeah. where you would think that you would side with Tijuana because it's their land being taken over. But like you look, they, they talk a lot about their class system and how it doesn't work and how people are starving to death. And you're like, well, that's they're not the obvious answer. So there's so many different like there's no wrong answer, which I think is really cool.
3: Yeah. And then it's like, do you do you try to reform them? Like, do you try to lead you know lead like a sort of revolt do you do you hand the keys over to someone else like you know it, it asks interesting questions about sort of political philosophy honestly which is not something mm-hmm. that a lot of games do
5: <laughs> and in general i think that obsidian has a good track record and on making factions as mentioned but also antagonists when there is such a designated one that have a uh, Understandable goals. You might not agree with the goals, but at least you know what they're doing. I mean, yeah. e- even a, a antagonist fest such as uh, Mask of the Betrayer, you can go down the line and you can point to each antagonist and can say, "Oh, this is why they do it." And yes, yeah. and you will always say, "Well, well th- that's a comprehensible reason." I, I, it, it, it sucks for these people. Or it sucks for me, uh, and I want them to stop. But it's it's never what? What are you doing? To reiterate
1: character. the point, it's yeah. more interesting if it's almost compelling to side with him.
5: Yes, and
1: if you can,
0: <laughs> uh, Noah River. I just saw this. I'm I'm looking back at Reddit right now. Um, I, I'm I'm and I didn't catch this the first time. I don't know if this popped. No, it's this is a, interesting. So Noah posted. We talked about some of the things there about the factions, but also said uh, engaging fans, which kind of relates to, uh, some, what a couple of you said earlier about, uh, Josh Sawyer and others love to discuss design decisions and lore with the fans in the past. They like to answer questions, admitting mistakes they made, which is super rare in the industry. So kudos to them for that. But then there's a reply from, Uh, the head of QA at Obsidian. Um,
3: Oh, holy shit. Yeah,
0: look at that. Do you see that? Yeah, David uh, Benefield Benefield. says, with a heart shape, getting to share the game with our fan base is a huge driving factor for many of us. So David, man, thank you for for popping in to say that. Um, And just kind of acknowledges the fact that it is is not just, it is a, a very intentional thing on Obsidian's uh, side it 's a philosophy obviously of theirs that 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 is kind of their driving force for a lot of things. Um, we have a couple more I want to mention. we have ortis uh, who wrote that um uh in the continuity uh their characters are perfectly integrated into the universe and give us a different uh vision of it it makes them perfectly credible and potentially engaging or interesting because we understand their motivations he mentions world building um they mentioned world building uh i really like
3: the the down-to-earth comment I, I think that's really cool. So what he what he says is generally speaking, their writing is down to earth. It doesn't mean that there's no magic, but simply the treatment of the themes always seems to always seems to be credible and never over the top or cheesy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like we didn't bring that up exactly, but that that's something that's just like, oh yeah, people have to live in this world. Like you know, if if shits exploding literally all the time, then no one's gonna want to live here. Like, it, you know, if everything's just ridiculous and inhospitable, then there's no society. You know, and you can't really do a, an RPG in the way they want to do it. So, like, uh, yeah, I, I I really love that. It's it's attention to the world as a world to be lived in.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that, uh, I, and I like that comment as well. Um, it looks like the last one we have on that post was war six star who said the interesting themes and concept explored by their games, also the interesting characters. So it kind of mimics what stuff we're hearing so far, uh, on our, on our list. So if I was going to go back and do a top 10, we would say, uh, the, the history of the company, uh, their personable approach to character development and the world, um their rpgs being their bread and butter and how they have conviction and have stuck with it uh josh sawyer gets his own mentioned in there completely by himself very nice um oh shit here we go i gotta pronounce uh verisimilitude very oh shit okay verisimilitude verisimilitude yeah look it up look it up yeah (laughs) Um, we have unforgettable characters, um, which, which was one of them, and then uh, now we're at, we were up to six. So if we kind of look back at some of our feedback from Reddit, we could probably flesh out the other four with, um, I don't know, player agency would be one of the ones that we talked a lot about. Um, that someone mentioned uh, the the writing, the tone of the writing, the mature tone, and the down to the down to earth kind of nature of it um the meaningful factions was another one um and then engaging fans i guess could have its own bullet as well and that could kind of round out the top 10 but the point is this list could go on and on we love you obsidian we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't um giving up our time um hell we've done 20 plus episodes of a podcast on a game that we know shit about so if that doesn't tell you <laughs> if that doesn't tell you how dedicated we are then props dude you know yeah, so so don't fuck it up
3: yeah <laughs> please yeah
6: that In
1: would conclusion.
2: be a podcast uh, will just be about how bad they fucked it up and that
1: would oh, be oh
0: yikes that would, that would be
2: awful so i want to ju- just t- go ahead call it the throwing sh- throwing shade on a vowed podcast if it
0: ends up being something like <laughs> oh that. god no 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 i won't do that
2: disavowed
3: but yeah, see disavowed, fans are the most
2: cast.
0: oh god you just oh, you man. just nailed it oh my god <laughs> oh that was jed that was jed who said it. so cool um so am i
2: right in saying in conclusion we like obsidian because they make big boy games for big boy gamers
0: i kind of yeah, like I've got that my big
3: boy gamer pants on right now that there should be
2: their logo i like that
0: <laughs> Because it's true. And it also shows a sense of humor. That I mean, I'm yeah. serious. They should adopt that. Um, well, Boy, it's still B-O-Y for sure. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. Um, so we have a bunch of emails. I want to kind of go through some of them. And there's a couple. There's two in particular that really uh, fascinated me. Um, and we'll just run through those. I'm going to start with this first one. And this one's... A little long, um, but I'm—I have a spliced out parts of the email and put it all together um, using their wording. So this is from someone called Harry Beach. That's Beach, B-E-A-C-H. Harry okay. Beach. <laughs> Just making sure. Um, H-A-R-R-Y, right? <laughs> right. I would never visit a Harry Beach. That sounds awful. Oh my god. Oof. Oh. Um, uh, so many things I could say to that, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for saving us. Yes. So this is what this is what he says, or they say. And think about this. This is actually, I find this fascinatingly interesting, and I would love to hear a developer uh, answer this or speak to this. So it goes, considering how long it takes to develop a modern AAA game, how do developers handle new trends, tech, and preferences that happen during development. I've been playing Elden Ring a lot and reading reviews. Gamers and even designers are saying this game will have a major impact on future development because of its approach. Elden Ring does not hold your hand. It does not have a lengthy tutorial. It does not clutter the screen with overly complex user interface. Another game like this is Tunic, which just released to rave reviews. Tunic is a game that mimics this approach and is very popular because of it. How might the developers of Avowed feel about the popularity of this approach as they inch towards release in just a few years? So, I think what, and this is just my take on the question. is that you are kind of getting to the point of you, you have the let's say development typically triple a games we'll say three to five years is probably a good number probably 100 plus staff sure. um let's say you're in the middle of that or you're maybe just a little past the middle of that development in one year Things change so much. Technology changes, trends and gaming changes. But just the the example given there of how this new approach of not holding your hand, of of minimal UI, if any at all, and like in Tunic, um, I haven't played it, but I've watched videos about it. The the page, there's in the game. You collect pages as you adventure through the game. The pages you collect teach you new things about the game that right. you didn't previously know they're they're more like a tutorial but they're they're developed in a way to serve the game's story and lore so it's not you know written like a traditional manual for a game but the point being that that, that mystery is kind of the rule here that games are Games were being subtle now to replace being obvious, right? So I would use an example of like somebody who's gone way overboard the other way would be like an Ubisoft. So if you played any of the recent Assassin's Creeds, they are guilty of everything that Harry Beach just said. Their UIs are ridiculous. Their maps are ridiculous with all the markings all over it. Everything is in your face. The tutorial is, oh my God, the tutorial took me Eight hours just to get through the stupid first island, just to teach you Jesus. all the stuff. So it, 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 it's a really good point. And as a developer, what do you do? Like if you're now seeing that the trends are going one way and that people are really applauding this one company who came out and went went for it, and they developed a game where they're very different from most of the other games that are coming out right now. Um, it, how, do you change midstream? Do you do you look at your? Do you go back to the office the next day and you're like, stare at your screen and you're like, shit, (laughs) that game's ten times better than what I've got.
1: What do you know? The players are not so stupid after all.
4: (laughs) I I honestly feel like a game uh, or a game designer, game director, or just someone who's working on the games probably worst like a dream or nightmare coming true is uh, the head of the game, a game director, or even someone above that coming in and said, I played this game, the g- our game should be more like that. I yeah, think mid, right. especially with a, a giant mm-hmm. RPG, I think mid-development, something like a Avowed, I seriously doubt that their systems uh, can change at this point because our, big RPGs are so reliant on their systems and they're so interconnected that slight changes could have a ripple effect and I think it, it just would be so difficult to do something I don't know anything about game design but it just to me that's what it it's looks like would happen
5: so game, game just, design isn't a solved issue just not just like how writing books or making movies aren't and if you want to make big sweeping changes midstream it might theoretically work but I think it's. It sounds like it's more likely to to fail. I mean, it, it would certainly require a lot more money and a lot more development time to real tool your entire game to feel uh, to, to 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 pursue the current uh, well best best practices or or current hit or, or fashion with, with, with players Trends, yeah, trend. Correct, right? And 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 it's. I mean, as as. I was just saying that you need to reconsider everything, how everything meshes together, or you will get a mess. I I don't have a number on the number of articles I've written about games where they keep retooling it after a hit came out. I mean, Duke Nukem Forever is a good example. They they keep had to remake the game because a new or better tech came out, or a new and better trick for first-person shooters came out, and it was a mess. It was a great big stinking mess, and that's a shooter. Be they are complicated beast? Yes. On the level of abuse? No. I feel like trying to redesign your game design is like trying to
2: do
1: a bone transplant. That like
2: doesn't sound like something <laughs> yeah. you can or I'd,
1: should do. Yeah. I'd say that games are like are quite complex systems and the design should be cohesive. And If you change like one thing about it, the whole game needs to be redesigned. You can't change... Just one thing, because the effects can be, you know, something unforeseen, like the power- butterfly effect.
3: Well, and also, I
1: think, I think
3: changing the design of a game midstream because something cool came out that you want to imitate shows a real lack of, well, faith, uh, maybe in the project, faith, confidence. Yeah, exactly, in, in in what you're doing in the first place. And I don't, luckily. I don't think Obsidian is is that kind of dev house. I think that they they know what they're doing. They know that what they're aiming for yeah. is a good thing that will make money and be
1: you know popular. Conviction, yes.
3: exactly. Certainly, it, it, like they yeah, choose
1: what they go for and they don't fever. Like sometimes I, I disagree with the decisions, like the whole grounded idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, what the fuck is this game?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but they not, sure did make for some us, bold choices, it. didn't right. they? Yeah. I think it's risky. That's what I, I respect I would, them for. I would say that's on the list of things that I like Obsidian for, is that they take those kind of risks. I mean, yeah. Grounded is a huge risk. I mean, and, and, but they were willing to do it. And um, another big risk that I just heard about the other day is, what's it called? The new uh, game from... Josh, uh, what the hell's the name of it? I had it somewhere in my back of my head. Pentiment. Yes, thank you. So Pentiment yes. is a good example of that because Pentiment is, well, it used to be called, what was it they called it before? Project Missouri or whatever. Um, you know, it's a it's experimental game that takes place in 16th century Europe. There's rumor that it's like a murder mystery game. So it's like, it's definitely going to be awesome. a risk. It's going to be a risk. And he's got a very, a smaller, a lot smaller design team uh, assigned to that than you would have to other projects, so it's it's a risk. But I guess you could go back and even argue that Pillars was a risk, right? Yeah, I was
3: going to say, like who re- who releases who else was releasing a, f- a real time with pause isometric story driven RPG in 2015?
1: You now imagine what the game development time for uh, isometrics are like—much less
3: true yeah true in a lot of ways
4: yeah it's But still also, look, they, they marketed that as as you know a, a, a look back at the infinity engine games and they made some big changes like they homogenized oh, yeah. a lot of the stats like made them all the stats more uh useful for everybody and that is a a, a decision that not not everyone loved um, you know so like i think that's kind of bold decision for them to do
3: now, oh, yeah, it was a it was a called shot, and, uh, and for my money, I think it paid off.
0: I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be the devil's advocate again, and I'm gonna say Uh-oh. I'm gonna say I know where I know where we've been going with this. You know, it, it, you choose whether to be the trend setter or the trend follower. I understand that, and I understand the that what you're saying about UI decisions and uh, you know real specific things like that. But I think there's another side to this question. And and I think there's two things that we were, we're overlooking. And I think one of the things I think that Harry Beach is getting, sorry for me to say that, one of the things <laughs> it's, uh, sorry, uh, is that they're trying to get to is what about maturity? And we're talking about like the days of the of the, what is it? The exclamation point over the quest giver's head are, are gone. Right. But you're developing a game that has that, that old, you, you know, uh, to me, that's, that's a maturity of the audience. That's a maturity of, because game, gaming does mature. The industry does mature over time. I mean, even isometrics, just like Rimmerin was saying, you know, you, you, you mature over time. So, If you're taking five years to develop a game, that's a long time. A lot of things mature during that time. Plus, there's the other side of it the psychological repercussions of working on a game for three and a half years. You know, you're two years out, and something comes out that just like you're like, oh my God, what the hell have I been doing for three years? What the, I mean, what are we doing? I mean, I'm not saying this is going to be obsidian, but. It, that is a real developer challenge is how do you attack that psychology how do you attack the the mind of of people becoming apathetic and they're, they're like well shit look at what they just did with uh horizon or well, look at what they just did with elden ring or you know oh my god you know we're i mean do you see what i'm getting at so the maturity in the they, industry plus the psychology how do you address it's, that it's the right there, there
4: was there, right? a there there was back and forth about, um, I think, Horizon Forbidden West versus Elden Ring because of how, I guess, just the design philosophies make. And this is nothing against Horizon Forbidden West because I actually never played it. I have seen it. It looks amazing. Um, but I was reading online some people saying like, oh, after playing Elden Ring, this open world feels dead. You know what I mean? So I, I I think that's that's kind of where you're getting at, right? Like like you make a game and you this other yeah. game comes out and you realize, holy crap, that we may have we could have done it better.
0: Yeah, I mean, you stick to your guns for so long. I understand sticking to your guns, and I get that. I do get that, and I don't necessarily think this is Obsidian, and I don't think this is about I'll be very clear about that. I, I have total confidence in them on that. But I think in general on a development cycle, I think Harry Beach has a really good point in that. Um, you, you, it's a real problem and it's becoming even more of a problem because the industry is so big now. I mean, looking at how much money games make now compared to what they were five years ago making, um, they've almost tripled that amount of, of, they're way past the movie industry. I mean, they're the, it's the biggest entertainment thing in the world. And so it just continues to become this behemoth. And that means more people are going to come into the fray and are going to have to deal with these kind of issues.
3: There's also, you know, every... I think the the antidote to this is to make bold decisions and stick to them because the the likelihood that there's another dev shop out there doing exactly what you're doing when what you're doing is fucking weird and new and, like, you know, yeah, different, groundbreaking, it, it, it's low, you know? It's there'll, it's there'll always be people who copy you and that's okay. Right.
0: Right. But also, it, it's, it's just, it's interesting. I think it's an interesting perspective. I'd never really thought about it before. Thank you for that question. We have another one that's interesting as well, I think. And this is from Rupert T James. Um, hopefully that's not your real name. Don't use your real name anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, pro tip, Let <laughs> um, me just go to the yellow pages real right, fast. Right. Um, and Rupert, uh, writes, uh, Owning your your own competition should never be allowed in gaming. Microsoft is now the king of the Western RPG with internal competing titles like Elder Scrolls, Avowed, Fable, Wasteland, Diablo. And he goes on to say, hear me out. The advantages of having a huge company owning multiple properties are also the disadvantages. Microsoft... Uh, is known for sharing tech and knowledge among the companies it owns, but sharing can easily be a subtle way of influencing and steering the ships in a particular direction, thus squashing full independence and creativity. So this is just the concept of self-competition. And um, it exists in the world as we know it. I can uh, think of some real-life examples like... um, you know all those websites for travel. Uh, you've got the ones that are competing, like CheapTickets.com, Orbitz, yeah. Trivago, Hotwire, uh, Travelocity, Expedia. All these wonderful competing. They're all owned by the same company. Same with
3: glasses. Actually, there's that Luxottica uh, brand yeah. that owns like every single glasses manufacturer, and like it's it's like it's like. Playing puppet theater, right? It's just like you, you, you can have them this pretend to compete with each other. Well, yeah, really. It, John,
0: Johnson and Johnson they they release Zyrtec, Sudafed, and Benadryl, which has essentially the same ingredients in each of those products, yeah. but they're different branded differently, and they're they're competing against one another. Um, so, I guess the the point that Rupert is making is that that is a bad thing because you still have this overarching uh, big brother figure who is inevitably going to have some thoughts and opinions, and those are going to trickle down through middle management. Yeah. And they're going to eventually reach these companies that may once have been super independent and that they brought in under this guise of, no, 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 you're fine. Activision Blizzard, we're going to leave you alone. Don't worry about a thing until 2023. Um, and then I'll help. And that's a good example because they need to get their ass whipped. But there's other examples, I think, of where you're maybe even a smaller company and you get gobbled up. Um, you kind of maybe lose your way. Does anybody agree with Rupert? Uh I do, in a way. Do you feel it devalues the company or when they get, uh, when they compete? It really
1: depends on the contract they make and why they're making it.
3: I think when it comes to Microsoft, um, just the sheer number of studios that they've acquired, I, I could see that being a problem in terms of just sort of creative stagnation. Uh, you know,
1: I I'd say that if they only funded Obsidian as as in an you know investment, and they pump some money there, they make good games, they return some money. I mean, in that way, I I'd see it as an opportunity. But if they use some steering power to do some you know milking type stuff like Activision did for Blizzard. And uh, stealing dust—that yeah. is a bad thing. Well,
0: I think yeah, they definitely keep an eye on their investments. I think that there's there there's it's very open to the public. The fact that they have these—I know the annual internal GDCs, not the GDC, but their own mm-hmm. where where they they get the developers together. Everybody talks about what they're doing, and yes, that's absolutely outstanding and great. Um, but it also could be seen as uh uh you know calling in all your cashiers at walmart and talking to them about hey okay that's great that you're doing that but you know um we pay your check and i I don't want to be the whole big brother conspiracy theorist here but i i understand what you're saying rupert however i feel like um elder scrolls avowed fable wasteland you mentioned diablo while I agree that those are competing products, I would respectfully disagree that I don't think they're uh, exclusive of one another. Um, it's not like the Motrin Tylenol right, thing right. Where, where they're the same damn thing with a different name. It's, they're not the same thing. Um, Wasteland and Diablo, they couldn't be more different. So I don't know that they necessarily are taking audience away from one another if that's what's being implied like people like us can and
3: will play all of those
4: yeah for for sure and then here's the other thing the with um like when someone's independent you know they're not necessarily making the games that they want to make especially if you're like kind of like a mid-sized company uh which has like a medium amount of employees and kind of has has to get to payroll yeah they're gonna they're gonna have to do contracts with games that are quote quote unquote maybe popular types of of games that that are sure things versus making these the the things that we love about obsidian the the the, those choices that that they make and not they might not have been able to make those choices without uh getting bought out by
3: by microsoft oh i like that that's a good point
2: rupert here i think has like perceived of a problem that could happen but I don't think it's one that will occur. I mean, Embracer Group exists and they have way more game studios than Microsoft even does and there's a variety between their games, you know.
0: Well, Square Enix has been around forever and they own how many of the JRPG franchises. So like all of them, yeah. yeah. So they're they're like- the other side of the the world example and I don't know that they've necessarily Suffered because of it, um
3: like past a certain
0: point of size,
3: no one's really independent. You know, no one, no one's, no one's making creative decisions in a vacuum in the video game industry because, okay. you know, like it's like you said, Rimron, like they've got to make money and they've got to, mm-hmm. you know, appeal to certain subsets of certain audiences, and in a lot of cases, they've got to you know appease investors and stuff even you know even if those investors aren't giant multi billion dollar corporations like microsoft there's still people who want a return on investment
0: you know i think i would equate yeah. it to a certain parenting style i would say that it's like um uh you're my child now And, um, I will set a good example for you. Uh, I will set a good example for you in everything that I do, um, and go for it, do your thing. Kind of like Kiwi says, we're going to put, pump the money into you and give you whatever you need. Um, do your thing. But as soon as I catch you, uh, smoking weed in my house, then we got a problem. So it's like, as soon as I, um, as soon as you mess up, then you've lost that kind of independence. You know, I think a reverse kind of scenario of what act happening at Activision Blizzard, you know, I mean, but if that had happened while they had them, Oh, I mean, what is his name? The jerk who runs it, he'd be gone. There's no question. He's going to be gone when they take over. I mean, they're going to make so many changes and, but they can't say it right now, obviously. But I think that, you you kind of uh you you have two different companies you have the obsidians who like we said have been around for 20 plus years have worked with literally everyone in the industry um from square enix to paradox to i mean they've worked with everyone um then you would have a new company that's independent or that's smaller who maybe only has maybe one or two titles under their belt I think that you treat them differently and i think they would treat them differently there's a certain respect that comes with obsidian that microsoft has the same thing with bethesda um you know they've proven themselves they have done well so far i think they can keep their hands off for the most part but are there in case they're needed but the other ones they might uh suck up and take in their own and say oh we're gonna appoint Bobby over here to kind of come and sit in your office and, and drink your tea and kind of listen to what's going on. So I I think that it's it's different for every company. We have another comment. I, we're almost done. I'm, I have a ton of emails, but I'm, we don't have the time to go through all of them. But this one was interesting. This is actually more of an opinion that was shared in an email to us from, and I believe this person has emailed us before, like early on. But Uh, because i recognize the name zhukov z-h-u-k-o-v um but says in a statement this is the statement and i like the statement because it's going to be controversial for some people who have been waiting in for information on avowed says please please do not release any details about avowed until after bethesda releases starfield i'm worried avowed might get lost in the shuffle As we know, Starfield will gobble up all the press and attention, period. I disagree. Really?
4: People are waiting for the next Elder Scrolls. Starfield being science fiction, when they look at a vow, they're like, and especially with the first person and, you know, they they want it to be compared to something like Skyrim. Discarding. they're immediately gonna go they're immediately gonna go oh that's that's if while I wait for the next Elder Scrolls you know I already play Elder, play Elder Scrolls Online I can play Avowed
2: yeah you that's could like, argue yeah. that Avowed would be overshadowed by any upcoming RPG so they shouldn't co- release any information which means you would just not release anything until the game's out which means you wouldn't build up marketing and hype so in I guess, fairness
0: you know. though Starfield's not just any RPG I mean yeah, I know, but like it could, you know, there
2: are people who are going to say, well, I'm looking forward to Fable more than Avowed, or I'm right. looking forward to Forspoken more than Avowed. You know, it just depends on. So some people are going to say that that game's bigger, so don't release anything about
0: Avowed because then it's not going to.
2: Okay. You know, uh, this doesn't well, seem. Yeah. So you guys are all
0: unanimous. You You want the slow well, leak instead I, of the big push after.
3: I kind of get both sides here but i also think that bethesda okay particularly in this example bethesda has burned a lot of their goodwill yeah (laughs) over several years and i think that everyone everybody i don't want to speak for everybody in the world obviously but everybody in my orbit who is looking forward to starfield is doing so with a big fat asterisk you know where it's like oh yeah that looks cool if you know if Bethesda doesn't fuck it up like they did with Fallout seventy six, you know, if if there's you know, actual cool branching quest lines like uh you know, like there weren't in Fallout Four, like there, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of excitement, but there's also a lot of trepidation about that game, I feel. Yeah. And I don't think Avowed has that kind
0: of baggage to it, which is nice.
2: Well, well, and I mean, people can be excited about two things at one yeah, time. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah. Possible. I think it's, it's more the I think it's more the attention in the press and that you know something like the next sure, uh, the sure, Scrolls sure. game. You know, they're kind of saying that Starfield is that, which we know it isn't, but still, that it's just going to be uh,
1: the Obsidian's the the communications or leaks about about this maybe something I disagree with Obsidian, like they release really so. Saw- like, they don't release any info actually, and it sometimes makes me forget about the game. And yeah, well, the little leaks that's something I it actually frustrates me in a way that because there there will be some small, I don't know, interview or something like that, and then like 200 game journalism uh, pages up about the same thing in a thousand words, but there's actually like one tidbit.
0: Yeah, yeah, jazz Corden. <laughs> look, here's the thing, here's the thing.
4: It's been it's been two years since we heard anything about about since that uh, reveal CG trailer officially. Yeah, yeah, yes, officially. Now it, that's why I think we should hear or in the next E three kind of whatever Microsoft is doing this summer uh, conference while they show Starfield, they should also show about. Now, if they said avowed releasing november 12th the day after starfield i would say no 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 no, don't do that
2: please dear god do not do that oh my lord
4: (laughs) i have there's so many. there's
2: forespoken in starfield and hogwarts legacy coming out back to back to back please don't do that exactly
4: exactly but if you're just showing information i think we should look at at avowed separately as its own thing and say well we haven't seen anything officially in two years let's show something right you know Uh i don't think we have to worry about starfield because it's gonna come out in a different window.
5: Also, this isn't a binary um, situation. I mean, they can just, if if you don't want to uh, get buried in the Starfield is released hype train, uh, press release, extravaganza, YouTube, uh, Armageddon, then you can just do it, you know, a bit, you can just stop, you can read some information and then stop before like a month, like in uh, October. And then you can start up again in the end of December. You don't have to uh, embargo yourself uh, and tie yourself into knots over it. You can just, you know, <laughs> make an exclusionary zone where you don't say a thing. That's a possibility. Please, Obsidian, give us something. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so yeah. long. Yeah, I think... I like yeah, how nah, man, are. it doesn't
2: matter if they do or not. Like, I'd rather... If, put your energy into making the game. Don't worry about the marketing too much. But I, you know what? There are people at Obsidian who get paid money to make these decisions because they're informed about how this kind of stuff works. So... Really? Who are we? Well,
1: uh, yeah. I well, I am someone who wants that there there is no MBAs in the world. But
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I understand that. And then then you don't have to worry about the quote unquote leaks. But I think you need to speak for yourself. Like with the Jazz Corden bullshit was a perfect example of that. That was a pie in the face to them and that you 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 don't speak for yourself. Someone is going to speak for you and they're not going to speak eloquently. They're going to talk like a fucking third grader and they're going to mispronounce and misspell everything. Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm still angry about that. You're a wounded man, Zora. Mm-hmm. Still angry. Anyway, um, we'll end with this last comment. Um, there's more questions. We'll add them to the next episode. But this this is an easy answer, and it'll be quick. Um, let's see. Where is it? I saw it in the list here just a second ago. Um, oh, here it is. Highlander666 mm, uh, wrote and said what are you going to name the first character you create and play in avowed Highlander six, (laughs) six, (laughs) six. It's already taken answered. Let's go. It's already taken. I'll start. Mine is going to be Sora and no, for everybody who's listening. And for all of those who've emailed me 666 times since the beginning of the podcast, I love you, but no, I've never played kingdom hearts and I'm not a kingdom hearts fan. I don't know anything about kingdom hearts i had to look up to why you keep thinking my name is related to kingdom hearts (laughs) but now i know sora s-o-r-a is the protagonist but no i will name mine t-s-o-r-a um and the reason for that i will leave for you to do your own research and figure out um but it's not kingdom hearts uh who else knows what name they're going to give their character
1: probably kiwi kiwi yeah. I mean, hey, why mess with a good thing, right? I mean probably name all the characters the same name just, <laughs> just to get it out of the way. I I usually
3: vary my names like a ton. Uh I'll I'll kinda like especially in, in Pillars games, I'll I'll like sort of learn a little bit about the the location, you know, the, the country that they're from and like the, the culture that they're in and like kind of use you know all right respect so you do the research then right oh i'm a huge fucking nerd dude are you like going
0: into into celtic culture and picking up names that mean oh hell yeah okay there you go
2: (laughs) sometimes i name my characters after what i want to do in the role play just in case i leave the game for a while and have to come back so my first character will probably just be called kill everyone oh that's <laughs> smart kill all npcs right <laughs> there you go which you can do in obsidian games. so hey right. why not
4: i i'll usually go uh remoran my first okay. character is almost always remoran it's almost always like specific to like i want to be in the world so it's it, it's almost never a weird name usually remoran or laywin sometimes i use laxton but uh after that All hell breaks loose, and I'll get the stabby McStab stabs for my rogues and stuff like that.
3: (laughs) Second playthrough, I do that for mercenaries. I do that for for like mercenary created characters. I'll just be like, ah, fuck it. Uh, uh, Stabby McStab stabs, whatever.
0: You know, like your fifth or sixth playthrough. Yeah, I mean, you're at that point, you want to add a little levity to it shooty mcbowman yes oh,
2: stabby mctaco stabby <laughs> all right i said i i deliver ups and there's this old uh not old this is like well i guess she is old there's a lady that works as a receptionist at a financial firm she's like a, a grandmother a legit grandmother and she plays competitive call of duty what and her yeah and her screen nice. name is Stabby McTaco and every day I'm like you are the most interesting old oh lady I've God. ever met in my entire like life. It's like the Skyrim <laughs> grandmother. It's like the interesting yeah. That's a cool ass retirement plan. oh dude, she's she's a fascinating human being. <laughs> I'll say that Sounds very much like it. That's, yeah. So Stabby McTaco. Well, that just goes against go my
0: comment earlier, right? So she disproves my you know once you reach puberty you're done with that. So I guess not. <laughs>
2: Um, I'll, I she plays Call of Duty though. So let's yeah. hear
0: parenthesis name. I want to hear what name your first character is going to be called. Bracket. Well,
5: uh, I, I have to say uh, I have to wait until I get the game in my well digital hands to do it. Uh, uh, not to get pollutant, but it it has. First, I have to conceive what I, who am I going to role play? For instance, sure, when sure. I when I played Pillars of Eternity, I wanted to play an abrasive character, so I just called my character Abraxas because I have. No imagination in my head, and uh, and I'll do the same. I'll have to figure out who I want to play and what what name sounds cool attached to that character, cool or appropriate.
3: I I I think that's just fine, man. I I think that is uh, you have you have a writer's permission to to name your characters like that.
2: My name is Eric. My first character in Pillars of Eternity was Elric. Oh. So, you know, like, I just threw an L in the middle of my name. I'm like, that'll do. That's a fantasy name, baby. It
3: is. There you go. Yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot, of, a lot of fantasy
2: names just kind of happen like that, and that's fine. Josh Sawyer said on a podcast that when they want to do a fantasy name, they just add an extra letter. So, like, the name Sam, <laughs> they just threw an extra M at the end, and they're like, dun, fantasy.
5: Yeah. <laughs> that's true. If they're they yeah, have to, and the character has, has to see an alien, you can always take your old punctuation shaker and add on an that apostrophe that they shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> Just that's a fucking a, pepper grinder. That's
0: awesome. Q apostrophe John C. That's a like John D C. Way oh. of naming characters. I like that.
3: Actually, that's a very DC way na- way of naming characters. Fucking uh, the Martian Manhunter. Oh
0: right, right. God, what was nerds. that fool's name? John.
3: Isn't it J O N John? Oh, J apostrophe O N N J apostrophe O N Z Z John Jones. Oh my God! <laughs> J- oh. Fuck you, DC. That's crazy.
2: Pardon me, John
0: Jones. You appear to be having a lag issue. Could you try that again? <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> All right. Well, that that's going to be it for today. We'll get, we have a bunch of more emails, but I'll save them for the next time. Thanks for coming, guys. Uh, real quick, uh, shout outs to where people can find you. Uh, Gingerino?
2: Um, if you're into Pillars of Eternity and you want to learn about the lore as you hype up for Avowed, you can check out my podcast, World of Aora. Now, um, it's kind of, Uh, on a not as consistent release because i've had my my son so he's been taking up all my time but i'm still doing stuff with that so world of aora if you're interested in the lore for avowed and pillars of eternity cool jed
3: uh twitter.com slash jedmandu um i haven't really been posting a lot lately uh because yeah life stuff i'm (laughs) trying to organize a move across an ocean Congrats again, um, man! That's, that's so, so cool. great. I'm I so happy for you. I hope <laughs> that really we'll exciting. be able to
0: hear from you, Sam, even when you do that. So, oh fuck yeah, dude! Good. I mean,
3: it's only like five hours ahead, so it'll be like what four p.m. for me when we when we record. That's doable.
0: That's like parenthesis um, You're five hours, right? I can't. I can't remember. Yep. yep. Oh mm-hmm.
3: yeah. Hey, sweet. Uh, but uh, yeah. I, I I post about video games. I post about politics. Unfortunately, uh. But yeah, cool. give me a follow if you want.
0: Uh, Keevy, I, I know think... you're everywhere. So give us all your names that people can reach you at.
7: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Parenthesis, do you want to be seen or known? Not quite now. Okay, fair enough. Remoran?
4: I'm at Sir Remoran on Twitter. Just my shitty opinion, shitty inconsistent opinions on things. In- inconsistent too. I post sometimes and sometimes I don't.
0: And if you want to uh, directly contact us, we're at AvowedCast on Twitter. And our email is avowedcast at gmail.com. And sometimes you can find us on Reddit. Uh, AvowedCast is our tag on there. Um, Thanks for listening. And we'll be back uh, probably next month with another one.
6: When the wheel has ground you all to dust,
7: only I will remain. Oh, a drop a good spice from wood and do us any harm. Oh, a drop a good
6: spice from wood and do us any harm. Oh, a drop a good spice from wood and do us any harm, and we'll all hang on behind. And a bowl of Juana stew wouldn't do us any harm, and a bowl of Juana stew wouldn't do us any harm, and we'll all hang on behind.
7: Just the Pierce appears wouldn't do us any harm. Oh, stolen chest
6: appears wouldn't do us any harm. Oh, stolen chest appears wouldn't do us any harm, and we'll all hang on behind.
7: On this mortar wouldn't do us any harm. Oh, a skirting on this mortar wouldn't do us any harm. Oh, skirting on this mortar wouldn't do us any harm.
6: And we'll all hang on being.
7: Queen's birth wouldn't do us any harm. Oh, a knight in Queen's
6: birth wouldn't do us any harm. Oh, a knight in Queen's birth wouldn't do us any harm. And we'll all hang on behind. And we'll